As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We're doubling up on Wizards After Darks this week because, well, it's a... It's a big weekend for the Wizards. They've got the Pacers on Saturday night in Indiana. After playing two crazy games since the last time I podcasted, I podcasted with Standig on Tuesday, and I I figured it would make sense to do a podcast later in the week considering they had the Wednesday-Thursday back-to-back, and meanwhile, they, they lose by one in Milwaukee on just a crazy ending. And then they kind of find every way to potentially give away that game in Tampa to the Raptors. I mean, Westbrook has a has a <laughs> has a weird meltdown play where he's got five fouls and he thinks he gets fouled and he turns it over. And then because he thinks he gets fouled, he frustration fouls for his sixth foul and fouls out. They end up going to overtime. Robin Lopez scores 17 points in the fourth quarter in overtime. Bradley Beal had that weird play getting trapped on the baseline. They missed, you know, Beal missed a free throw in crunch time. Garrison Matthews missed a free throw in crunch time. It was it was, you know, Fred Van Vliet hits the three at the buzzer to send it to overtime. It was a crazy game, but it didn't feel crazy for extremely positive reasons. But that being said, uh, I, I, I remember Mike Mussina used to say that the difference between a great pitcher and a mediocre pitcher, and I'm paraphrasing, is that the great pitcher finds ways to win even when he doesn't have his best stuff. And I thought the Wizards kind of did that against uh, Toronto. And... On the Skype line, I have somebody who doesn't know what it's like not to have his great stuff because he always has his great stuff. My uh, my colleague, my my former competitor, my current colleague, and uh, my my longtime friend, Eric Horn. Thank you, Fred. I'm flattered by that by that introduction, and I, I think Russell Westbrook would disagree. <laughs> I think he would say that. I may have never had my best stuff, but you know what? Russell Westbrook wouldn't say anything about me to begin with. So uh, instead, we're just going to turn it the other way, and we're going to talk about Russ for a little while, and we're going to enjoy this. So yes. thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So for those who don't know, Eric was Eric covered the Thunder for a long time. What years, what years were you at the Oklahoman covering the Thunder? I covered the Thunder for the Oklahoman from uh, the 15-16 season until Russell's um, final season, 
And then I went to the athletic and covered them for the Chris Paul season. So I covered Russell for four seasons. Got it. And now, and now Eric's an editor with us, but I'm pulling him out of, I'm pulling him out of editing retirement and making him do a podcast with me because on top of the fact that this is a big weekend for them. So they have Indiana on Saturday and that's just a big game for basketball reasons. I mean, they're half a game back of the Pacers for ninth place. Ninth place versus 10th place matters. I mean, if you're, yeah, you play the same opponent if if the Pacers and, and Wizards swap, but you get home court in that first play-in game. That matters. That's, that's, that's not nothing. That's a deal. I'm sure the Wizards would like home court. The Wizards also have a chance to get up and pass Charlotte. They're only one and a half back of Charlotte with five to play. And they play Charlotte for yeah, one of those five I, games. It's doable. And I think I think the the league in the last week is probably to the point to where they just want to rig it to where the Wizards and Pacers play as much as possible in the last few weeks, so the Pacers can quit on their coach, and so the Wizards can like rack up like ridiculous uh, offensive numbers. Because as we saw in the first meeting, uh, that was one of the more hilarious uh, performances on on the on the Pacers side that we've seen in that. That's kind of like after that game, that's kind of where all the Pacers, like Nate Bjorker and kind of stuff started like popping off, even though it's been going on for a really long time. Um, but yes, we need as much Wizards Pacers in our life, if not for that, for the Russell Westbrook, DeMontis Sabonis uh, jokes that we can we can tell behind the scenes. Yeah. Yes, the Russell Westbrook, DeMontis Sabonis jokes are always, they're always, always. funny. They're always funny always. from Russ calling him. Damos to for his entire Damos. rookie year to everything else. Um, yeah, you mentioned that matchup against the Pacers, and that's the other reason why it's interesting because Russell's going for the for tying Oscar on the all time triple double record. If you haven't listened to the incessant counting towards this, if you follow me on Twitter or follow anybody who has any association with Russell Westbrook on Twitter or listen to the broadcast or anything, and you're not aware that he's going for the triple double. The triple double record, uh, at least tying the triple double record on Saturday. I I don't know how you could have possibly missed it. I <laughs> let's be let's be re- let's be real. He's tied it on Saturday. Not not only because it's Russell Westbrook, and when he gets in his mind that he's going to do something, it's happening. But the Pacers might let him get a 30-30-30 for all we know. I mean, it. it it's 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 going to happen on Saturday. He's going to tie it. It's a shame that there's not going to be a bunch of fans there. Uh, to experience it when he ties and he passes. But look, this thing is happening, man. And it's funny because you probably did the same thing I did, Fred, like I guess a month or so ago when you looked at the schedule and kind of looked at where Russell was in terms of the triple doubles. And you were like, well, I don't know if he's got enough games to. And then you thought about it for like a second. And you were like, wait, man, it's Russell Westbrook. He's doing this shit. Like he's definitely doing it. Yeah. So I'm going to find this. I'm clicking around on my computer. Here we go. I. This was like March 27th or something. Ironically, after a great game from Russ against the Pacers, where Russ had 35, 14, (laughs) and 21 against the Pacers. It was the first time anyone has had 35, 14, and 21 in an NBA game ever. And I wrote this. It was like, I want to say it was March 27th or something like that. Around April 1st, give or take. 27 games remaining in the season. I wrote... I wrote it was it was also the same day that Russ broke the all-time Wizards triple double record, which is now long long gone. He's already more than doubled the Wizards all-time triple double record. 
So I wrote, he'd need 20 triple-doubles in 27 games to break Robertson's record this season. That's not happening, but it will come next season. <laughs> That's what I wrote. That's what I wrote. I didn't even write that's probably not happening. And I, I, I always hedge when I write that stuff. I didn't even think twice about it. And I remember somebody in the comments, I can go back. I had screenshot that because I considered tweeting it at Old Takes Exposed the other day. And uh, I remember someone in the comments wrote like, like, don't count out Russ. You know, it was obviously, I, I assumed it was obviously just like a typical, you know, Russ super fan. The person said, like, don't count out Russ. He can do 20 triple doubles in 27 games. I was like, yeah, okay, guy. Yeah, he can do 20 <laughs> triple doubles in 27 games. Sure, sure thing, man. Yeah, that totally can, can, happens. <laughs> West, Westbrook post career, we should, Westbrook's post career, career, his, his retirement, like, shtick or whatever should be people telling him he can't do shit and he just goes and does it. Like Joey Chestnut should be like, oh, Russ, you can't eat 70 hot dogs in this many minutes. And then Russell Westbrook will be like, watch this, man. And he'll just sit down and crush 70 hot dogs. That, that guy, and that's going to be one of the big things about his legacy, man, is it's like at every turn that's – well, I mean, unless you're really talking about like championships or I don't know if you say like, hey, Russ, go in a three-point competition or something like that. But like – at a majority of the turns in his career, going all the way back to high school, this guy has been told that he can't do certain things, and he's and he's gone beyond them and set benchmarks and and wild us at every turn. We looked at the calendar and said, "Oh, this guy can't get this many triple doubles in this much time," or he's he's past it or whatever. And I looked it up, and he's played the second most minutes of any player in the last month besides Julius Randle. And he's 30 some years old. <laughs> you look, and you look at the names that are like around him in terms of those minutes per game. And it's like all guys that are in their mid to late 20s. And this guy is coming off of you know multiple knee surgeries and all the stuff that he's dealt with and COVID and everything else in the past year. And he's playing almost 40 minutes a game. It's it's really ridiculous. And it's really it's really cool to see. And yeah, man, uh, I, I think I said this long ago at the Oklahoma. I'm. I am done putting caps or limits on what Russell Westbrook can do on a basketball court. So speaking of which, here are Russell Westbrook's here's here, here's further proof. Here's what happens when when <laughs> so Westbrook had four triple doubles to go to tie against Dallas in a one point loss. He goes for 42, 10 and nine. And I was like, oh, man, there are going to be a lot of numbers in the next four games, aren't there? So since in the last three games, he's I'm looking at them. They're ridiculous. He's averaging 19, 17, and 19. Yeah, that's that's the crazy part about like his last month. You mentioned the 42, 10, and 9. That's maybe one of like maybe four or five games where either he didn't get it or it was very close. The rest, like he's blown past the the, the 10, 10, 10 you need. It's been like 13, 12, 21, 14, 12, 11, 15, 14, 14, 14. Like the, the, the assist totals and the rebound totals are insane. Like he's not he's not just getting that 10 and being like, okay, who I gotta I gotta get that extra rebound just so I can like no, nah, he's getting like nine, nine, and eight in like the first quarter. <laughs> it's like and and it's not it's not at the detriment of the Wizards like offense. Like it's actually helping them like win. No, games. they're winning. So, they're 14 and four no, they're, in they're, their last they're, they're, yeah, they're, you know. 
They're playing yeah, great. They're one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, they're playing really well, and it's not, in, and they're playing well on defense too. So it's like you 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 really can't take apart this whole thing and, and say it's farcical or anything of that nature that you could when he was with the Thunder uh, in the in the sixteen seventeen season. You were there. There were some nights where we were just like, Jesus Christ, this is like this is kind of a travesty. Like this is helping a team that needed it and. And the, the, the big thing that kind of came to mind when I was before I was about to come on the podcast, Fred, was like, like, what if this guy was like healthy, you know, for an extra month of the season? Then it's not to say that he would have, you know, posted these ridiculous numbers for like another month, but he could have really helped this team get better positioning. Like they they could have been in a much better position um, to go into a playoff series because like look, like the Hawks came on late, but the Heat have come on late. Like, what if the Wizards had played, a, like, a better month out of the season and gotten to themselves to where they were in a 4-5 with the Knicks? Like, and, and, and maybe that should give people hope for next season. I'm not sure. I don't know what's going to happen with next season. They could trade Bradley Beal in the offseason. I don't know. But it's encouraging to see that this team can play well together on both sides, especially from – where we saw their defense was at times this season and where you saw their defense was last year. It, it, it's been it's been a remarkable month. Yeah, so since February 13th, they're 25 and 19. That's a 568 winning percentage. If you have a 568 winning percentage today in the Eastern Conference on the season, that gives you the 4 seed. The Knicks are the 4 right now. Yeah. I think they're 561. Yeah. That that being said, I don't love the and I wrote about this in a mailbag that is yet to go up at the time of our recording but I think will probably be up very soon at the, by the time this podcast goes up I wrote about this in a mailbag that I wrote for today and uh, I don't love the if this guy was healthy game this year just because every team except for very few has something you know, mm-hmm. Milwaukee has not looked like the same team, the same dominant force that it was the last couple of regular seasons. And, you know, Miami has the short offseason after going to the finals and Boston has the short offseason after going to the conference finals. And, you know, Jason Tatum had had issues from covid and Evan Fournier was out in the protocols for a long time. And and then you go down the list and. The Raptors are playing, haven't played a actual real home game in 14 months, and the Lakers haven't had LeBron and AD, and and you just go down through the list, and you know Denver lost Jamal Murray. There there are very very few teams. Golden State lost Clay Thompson. There there are very few teams that have actually like had their guys had their guys healthy and been the 2021 version of normal. You know. <clears throat> And if, yeah, there is no normal. If you look at those teams, those teams are the ones at the top of the standings for a reason. You know, it's yeah, Philly hasn't had Embiid, but Philly always misses Embiid for a certain amount of time. Philly, by today's standards, has been good. The Knicks, they've they've maintained. They've had Julius Randle all year. He Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett lead the league in are one and two in the league in total minutes. Slater brings it up mm-hmm. all the time on the NBA show, uh, on the Athletic NBA show. You know they. That's that's one of the one of the many reasons that that team is playing great and is unbelievably well coached. But that's one of the reasons they're good. You know, yeah. the Clippers have yeah, had their guys. The sun, and, you, yeah, you, know? you can look at the Suns. Yeah. I mean, the Suns for the most part have you know had a healthy Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker in Utah. Um, 
Yeah, in Utah. And, you know, in the teams you talk about, they have – they also have the greatest margin of error, too. Because if you lose Bradley Beal for a certain amount of games, you're going to struggle. If you lose Russell Westbrook for a certain amount of games – you know, we saw like a little flash of that earlier in the season where, you know, they started to play well when Westbrook was out. But Westbrook was hurt. Um, You know, if the Brooklyn Nets lose Kevin Durant for a few games, they're going to be okay. They have a greater margin of error. So – Typically, the teams with the with the best top end talent have the greatest margin of error, and then you combine that with you know just being able to not have COVID outbreaks and stay healthy, and you know that's who we see at the top. So, yeah, yeah, I know it's uh, so. I don't love going back and and is your dog there? Yes, yes, yes. My dog is like either you're brushing your teeth or the dog's making a cameo. Yeah, the the, the, the dog collar situation. I apologize, everybody. The dog's excited about the damn triple doubles, y'all. Golly, all right. Like, anyway. I was like, I heard, um, I was like, is Eric brushing his teeth in the middle of a podcast? I remember I had, I had our, our, our mutual friend in Oklahoma City, uh, Jerry Ramsey on, on Thunder After Dark. I, I don't know. Must have been four years ago. And Jerry works in radio. He is a professional radio personality. Has a radio show on the franchise in Oklahoma City. The franchise is a sports talk talk radio station in Oklahoma City. And Jerry came on the podcast and was literally doing dishes during the podcast. <laughs> literally like like and it sounded like he was doing dishes like he had his headphones in and was just doing dishes (laughs) that's the beauty of the pandemic it's it's i I was like this pre-pandemic to be frank i was going on the radio walking my dog all the time getting in the car people be like are you are you driving i'm like yeah man i'm going to on the damn torches tacos chill out but like yeah this is the pandemic man like you're doing a bunch of stuff around the house like my my son might be in the background banging on some shit like my dog is scratching i just gave my dog a treat it's like you are getting the full experience man we're going to talk about russell westbrook we're also going to be like you know doing some stuff at the same time we're going to be unloading the dishwasher or whatever so did you did you see russ lose his mind on that foul last night i I watched it. I didn't watch the game live, but but for the podcast, I went and I watched some highlights and I watched some individual plays on on NBA.com. And like I watched that play several times because I was trying to figure out exactly what his thought process was, at, like from the pass to the foul. Like okay, once he made the pass, I was like, okay, he's upset, and we've seen Russell do this time and time again where he commits the foul because he's upset just so he can bitch to the ref. But you're also thinking to yourself, like your brain is, your brain is like short circuiting while all this is happening. You're like, Oh my God, that was the worst pass I've ever seen. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, but there's, there's less than, there's like however many seconds left and it's a four point game. Certainly he's not going to do the Russell frustration thing and commit this foul right here and give them two free, free points and stop the clock. Certainly he won't do that. And he does. And I'm just like, Wait, I gotta watch this again. Like, did he? Wait, maybe he had a reason. Russell's smarter. What? And I was just doing that for about, a, like, a solid like four or five minutes while I was like rewatching this play. I don't. I can't explain it. Sometimes you can't explain him. You know that. Um, 
<laughs> so like sometimes you're at a loss for words at like some of the things he does um in the last few minutes of games. And that's kind of the rub on Russell. That's been the rub on him his entire career. Like he'll do all these incredible things to get you to the finish line. And at the finish line, you got to hold on for dear life. Like, the, we, you remember when we'd be watching games in Oklahoma City? And, you know, fourth quarter starts, Russell's on the bench. Team might rip off like a 9-2. They're playing well. And then you see Russ go to the scorer's table, and everybody's looking around like, all right, this is going to be like a tight game in the last two minutes because Russell's going to do some, like, silly shit in, like, the last seven or eight. <laughs> so it's – that's the Russell Westbrook roller coaster, man. Like, what what were you thinking when you were watching that entire sequence? Like, what were what were your thoughts? Uh, I I th- honestly I thought the frustration foul was coming. I could, because because the pass came. The only reason he made that pass, and for those who missed it, the Wizards were up four late in the game. And or late yeah, like late in overtime, seconds. I should say. It was like last thirty seconds. Yeah, in overtime, and they're up four, and Westbrook is dribbling out the clock in the backcourt, and thinks he gets fouled, and probably did get fouled by Fred VanVleet. So he picks up his dribble, right? Yeah, he like jump passes. Did he pick, did he pick up his dribble? Yeah, he yeah. Ch- jump passes and turns around. But the thing is, he's doing that thing where he was arguing as he was playing. And so yeah. he, he just throws this this airmail pass, you know, 15 feet, this rainbow. Cross court. Yeah. Horrendous. And it gets picked off. And and then just, you know, the, the two greatest violators amongst stars. And you have to, I shouldn't even say amongst stars, because the only way you can get away with this is to just be, I think, literally an MVP caliber player. Jokic doesn't do it nearly as much as he used to. But the two greatest violators of the I don't like the call that you just made. So I'm going to compound the situation and foul somebody purely out of frustration for no reason at all. Being completely detrimental to my team. The two greatest violators of that are Jokic and Russ. And I guess you literally have to be an MVP in order to be able to get away with that because both those guys are MVPs. Jokic will be an MVP. And, uh, and and Russ did it for his sixth foul of the game, and fouled out in an, in, in in overtime in a four point game. He wasn't he wasn't doing this shit in the first quarter. <laughs> no, I think I think he got passionate about the missed call. I think he lost his mind, and he just fouled him. I, it's incredible. And you know what? Would he do that in the playoff game? I don't know. But you know what? Again, I go back to what I said earlier in the, in the podcast. You don't put you don't bet against Russell Westbrook doing anything. Like that, that could happen literally in any kind of game. It could be, it could be a Thursday in May. It could be the NBA finals. You don't know. You, you just, you just don't know. And I guess that's what makes the experience exciting. It's also what makes it infuriating because like that, they should have been, they should have won that game by five or six points. And I, I don't know if he should have picked up his dribble in that instance. Maybe he just dribbles through the contact and then gets the foul Maybe he's scared to get fouled in that scenario because he's just not a very good free throw shooter anymore. But it was strange. And, but it was also quintessential Russ. It was. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? 
Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Last night, I actually, you know, you know, it's amazing about the triple doubles getting back to it. And I don't, I don't believe that. I think the triple doubles are a remarkable accomplishment. There are people who use the triple doubles mm-hmm. to demean his performance and I don't think that's right. And not just because they, you know, his teams win like 75% of his games when he has a triple double. I just, I think it looks at it all wrong. It misses the nuance of it. The, the thing with Russ is that his triple doubles are not indicative of whether he played a great Russ game or not. He could play a bad, he could go bad Russ and still have a triple double. I thought he was bad against Toronto. And he had 17 rebounds, 17 assists, and whatever, 13, 14 points. I thought his shot selection was off. His decision-making was off. He turned the ball over too much. Obviously, the the late decision-making was off. Um, I didn't think he ran the offense well at all. The offense looked super clunky in that game, in part because Toronto did a really good job on Bradley Beal. But he didn't play well in that game. Still got the triple-double. He is one of the only players who is capable of getting a triple-double and not playing well. But that doesn't mean that every triple-double is selfish and not playing well. Most of them aren't. Uh, lately, he's been, he's been really... He's, he's been playing his, by easily his best basketball of the year. And he's been playing his best basketball in a while. And I'll tell you what I think is interesting. I've talked on the podcast a, a little bit about... Hey, Bradley Beal could lead the score, lead the league in scoring, or come close to leading the league in scoring, and he may not make All NBA. Uh, I don't think Russ is going to make All NBA. Uh, there, he's not going to be on my All NBA ballot. You can't. He wasn't on my All NBA ballot last year because he got off to such a bad start in Houston. Now I don't think you can play, you know, as poorly as he did for a month and a half in Houston, for a month and a half, two months in DC. And still have an All NBA season. It just it doesn't work that way. But for the last month and a half, two months, he's played at an All NBA level. If you prorate that over a full season, if he just did what he's done over the last two months, month and a half, over a full season, then like, all right, he's he's right there in the All NBA discussion. He might be right there in the All NBA second team discussion if he did this over a full season. And there are people because the overall counting numbers are obviously extraordinary since he's averaging 22, 11, and 11, leading the league in assists, and I think he's sixth in the league in rebounds as a point guard because those are all extraordinary and because of what he's done over the last month and a half and how he's helped the Wizards turn around their season. He will be on all-NBA ballots for sure, and I wonder if he's going to take votes away from Bradley Beal because Beal has had the superior overall season, even if Russ has had the superior last month and a half, Uh, and there's no way that somebody is putting both Beal and Westbrook on their ballot. The Wizards are not, no one, no individual voter is giving the Wizards two all NBA guards when they finish sub 500. So 
I I think I, I'm curious. How do you view uh, how this run could potentially affect Beal's All NBA candidacy? Because I I think it's going to be tough for him. There are a lot of really great guards having really great seasons, and I I don't think he's as much of a guarantee as a lot of people consider him to be. No, I I think you're right, and I think that you know Russ hurts him from a, from a perception standpoint too, because you know last year, you know I think correct me if I'm wrong, was Beal third team All NBA last year or Beal didn't uh, make it. Did Beal's never made it. it. Beal was. Not, he did not. Each of okay. the last two years, Beal has been the guard who received the most votes to not make the team. Okay. Well, that was last year with everybody knowing full well that, that Beal was playing out of his mind on the team that was going nowhere. Um, and without a clear you know, 1B or a B, it was like Beal was A and then there was like a lot of Cs. Um, but now you have Westbrook on the team and people – you, you know, I don't even know if it's an argument necessarily, but you you could say that Russell Westbrook's been you know the leader of kind of this 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 resurgence the past month month and a half for the Wizards. Um, you know, with their record, his counting stats, uh, you know, the defensive intensity's picked up. Uh, him being healthy has coincided with them playing the best basketball of the season, and it's kind of you know not to the same extent because James Harden was going to be a first team guy last year, no matter what, for the Rockets. But it's kind of like when the narrative kind of shifted towards like, you know, Russell's been their best player the second half of the season last year with the Rockets. And it was true. He was he was playing better than James Harden um, in, the, you know, in the last third or second half of the season last year. Now, obviously, none of this has any correlation to playoff success, as we'll see, you know, if the Wizards get into a series. But when Westbrook gets healthy and the amount of usage he has, which is actually – not amongst his highest usage rates in the past month. He's actually like around like 26.8 or something like that in the last like month that they've been playing really well, which is, you know, the big surprising thing to me. But, you know, Westbrook tends to go on these runs where he plays really well, and that can kind of detract from, you know, the, the, the wattage or the, the contributions of the other players. And, and it's not even like a detriment. Like the team's doing well with Westbrook playing this way. But that can also take some shine off of Bradley Beal. Um, you know, and you know, Bradley Beal might not win the scoring title now. That might hurt him a little bit because Steph Curry's, you know, a couple of tenths of a percentage points ahead of him in the scoring race now. So, yeah, I, I think it could be a detriment to Bradley Beal in that regard to where, you know, maybe you're splitting votes when it comes to getting the Wizards an all-NBA guy. Yeah, I think, I think they're going to split votes with some – like it's 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 not like Beal's going to get all of them. There will be scenarios in which Westbrook yeah. will get them, and if you know things had gone differently, Westbrook had been slow the whole year. That person might have had Beal on there. Like there will be scenarios where Westbrook knocks him off. And like, look for it. Like it's it's really fucking hard to make all NBA as a guard, man. <laughs> like, and it, with, with the positional designations the way they are now, to where you can slide guys that are kind of like these wings forwards into the guard spots like how are we going to designate Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum or how are we designating Jimmy Butler who's played it who's had a good season it was going to be hard for those guys to make it anyway and like they probably gained momentum over the last month or two but or, or at least Westbrook has 
But it was just going to be tough for those guys to make it anyway because there's just so many damn good guards, man. And there's so many guards, not just good guards, but good guards having great seasons. And then there's all the injury stuff. I mean, look at look at the the guards who you could throw on. I mean, Curry has been excellent this year. Lillard has fallen off, you know, the last month and a half, but you know, he's still been excellent. You got Luca who is going to have dual eligibility. So if you're really stressed about there being too many good guards, you can throw him at forward. Um, you got Chris Paul, James Harden was having an unbelievable season. Then he got hurt. Harden is not going to make mine. He's played 42 games this year. You can't play 42 games and, and make all NBA. You just, I, I, Harden said he was great for the Nets in re- really in practice. James Harden has played 34 games this year because eight of them were with the Rockets where like he was playing physically. But was he really playing? Uh, you know, you got yeah. Kyrie Irving having an unbelievable year. You got Donovan Mitchell having an incredible year on the team with the best record in the NBA. You got Devin Booker having an incredible year having, uh, you know, on the on the team with the second best record in the NBA. Zach Levine's putting up numbers. Trey Young's putting up numbers, and uh, Jalen Brown is guard eligible, and Jimmy Butler is guard eligible. And uh, you know, you go through the list, and it's like, man, there are so many great guards having great seasons. And I'm sure that was off the top of my head. So I'm sure there's somebody who I I forgot. You know. There, you know, I don't even mention like, like Drew Holiday just having a killer season and playing all defensive caliber defense for an entire year, and being way better than his counting numbers show. He's he's not even. I think I voted for Drew Holiday for All NBA two years ago. I think I voted for him two years ago. Uh, if I didn't actually vote for him, I came really close to voting for him. I know he didn't make it. Um, but but Drew Holiday is is having a great year, and he's like he wouldn't even make a a fifth team All NBA if that existed. You know, there are just yeah. so many great ones this year. It's it's really tough, and you know, and then there's Beal who's having a great year, he's having a great year, but but hasn't had you know with with the with the hip injury in the back and Russ taking on a larger load of the offense, he hasn't had the second half that he had first half. Uh, that being said. The wizard, you know, there's there's another side of the same coin, which is him being on a team that could potentially get into the playoffs. Uh, him being on a team that's winning like crazy and ending the year with a you know a good taste in his mouth, and with the voters ending the year with a good taste in their mouth about him. That's that's a uh, you know that that could help his case too with some voters. So yeah, and then, look, and then we're well, frankly we're just we're not. Accounting for the 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 whole Neto surge here in the past month, that could probably get some get get him some All NBA votes too, right? Hey man, I mean, Neto Neto look, has been their second most consistent player this year, behind Beal. In all seriousness, he yeah no, and in all seriousness, he, like he's I, like to people listening, like I, I'm bad at sarcasm. He's not an All NBA player, <laughs> but I've been stunned just looking at the numbers. Coming into this podcast, I was like, "Holy shit, this guy's like a this guy's an NBA player." Because I remember him it, 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 when he was with the Jazz, and, and how Russell would just relish just taking him apart. Uh, he's made himself into a really solid NBA player. So that, that I mean, that that's been a big help for the Wizards. He's 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 a very good role player. He's had a great year. He's going to get paid. He's I would be. They got him for the minimum, 
Yeah, he's making he's making jump. Yeah, they got him for the minimum, and he was the assumed third string point guard, and he'd be the point guard when Russell rested for the second nights of back to backs. That was the assumption when they get him. I would be surprised. I'd be very surprised. And I haven't spoken to anybody in the league around this. This is just from watching him play. I would be very surprised if he signed for the minimum this year. He's a free agent again after this year. I mean, he's he's got to be shooting 40 from... I haven't checked today, but he was like five for seven from three last he's night. A, he's at 40. Yeah, right. he's at 40. 40 from on, three. On low, low attempts, he could probably take even more. He's, he's taking them maybe like two, two and a half a game or something like and, that. And... Uh, yeah, he's 40 from three. He's a reliable shooter. He's a reliable ball handler. I, I, he's a incredibly, he's just an annoying defender. Just just so annoying. Uh, gets into passing lanes well without gambling too much, which is a tremendous skill, which not a lot of defenders have. He's not ridiculously strong, but he just is feisty as hell, going around screens and yeah. guarding guys, and he's handsy and... He's he's a really technically sound like he's one of their best. He's been one of their best defenders. And I think he's been a significant, you know, a significant reason for why their defense has been better. Like I, I, I they're starting him now. And I, there are so many Wizards fans who just hate the three guard lineup. And I, I get them hating the Ish Smith, Neto, Westbrook lineup. I get that, which they don't play yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's just not. Uh, a, that's, yeah, that's not. That's not. Playable. But but. Westbrook Neto Beal is like against most teams in the regular season. It's it's kind of fine. Uh, you know, Neto, yeah. Neto is just feisty as hell, and and quite honestly, he he deserves it. He gives them more shooting. He is he's reliable. You know what you're getting from him every single night. Uh, he's just he's just been good for them. He's been really good, and I know Tommy Shepard has always been a really big fan of his. That was a really good signing by him. Uh, but I don't know if anybody, even Neto, I asked Neto, I was like, did you expect to play more minutes than ever? Did you expect even consistent playing time? And he was like, no, I've never had this. He said he feels like a rookie because he's still learning how to condition his body when he's getting 20 minutes a night. And, you know, he's a vet. He's been in the league five years or something. He said, yeah. like, he's still learning th- how to deal with it, how to lift now that he's playing so much, how to condition, all that kind of stuff. He doesn't know. So it's. It's a good story, man. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I was trying. I was trying to just run through the the, the Wizards kind of like, you know, secondary players in my head, and I was thinking like I like a little bit about every one of the guys they have. Like none of those guys are perfect, and like most rosters you go down in the NBA. I mean, aside from a few teams, they're gonna once you get to like the you know, six, sometimes even like the fifth guy, you're gonna be like, all right, that guy takes something off the table. Like, eat shit. Russ takes shit off the table. <laughs> it's like, I go through the Wizards guys, and when you have Beal and Westbrook, and you combine them with the guys that they have, those guys put so much pressure on defenses that they can accentuate some of the strengths of other players. Like, you know, Daniel Gafford's going to get free rolls to the rim all the time because, you know, he's going to be on the floor with Beal or Westbrook or he's going to have a spacer in the corner like Bertans, and he's just going to get free rolls all the time. And he's a guy who can flush finishes. Like, you wrote about Robin Lopez and his crazy hook shot. That's, like, the most efficient shot in NBA history, apparently. Um, like, he's having a resurgent year. He's a he's a quality interior defender. Um 
you know, you, you talk about a guy like um, Garrett Matthews, who's a solid shooter. Like that, that's a guy that the Thunder would have loved to have on the Westbrook team where he was, where he went had for the first triple double. Like they just need reliable guys who are stout at the point of attack on defense who can like hit an outside shot. And they didn't have enough of those guys that could do both of that back then. So like there are a bunch of dudes on the Wizards that like I like. Now they're not going to go win a series with those guys, but I, I think that you know, you've got quality NBA players on that roster that can like help a bunch of teams. And I think that, you know, playing with Beal and Westbrook, they've made those guys better this year. It's been, it's been kind of fun to watch. You got time to answer one Twitter question, which I promised the listeners. Let's answer a Twitter question. Let's go. All right. Let's answer a Twitter question. This one is from the black Samba. Uh, Why does a team that has no shooting, you mentioned Garrison Matthews. (laughs) So let's do it. Why is a team that has no shooting not play Garrison Matthews more often or get him more shots? Uh, Man, Scott Brooks. We haven't talked about Scott Brooks on the podcast yet. This would be a good time to, to, to get into a little bit of that. I can get so into ahead, Scott Brent. Brooks. Yeah, I mean, look, there's the obvious stuff, which Wizards know, which is that Scott Brooks has like six or seven guys who he trusts, and he goes with those six or seven guys and rotates in other guys depending on who's hot and depending on what matchups are. And that's what he does. Uh, you know, I've I've been a proponent of like they don't really have shooting, and Matthews blows up screens, and he you know he he will he will take risks on defense and all that. Uh, but he forces he he seems like like he's forcing more. You know, he has drawn more offensive fouls per thirty six minutes than any other player in the league by far. Uh, he gets fouled on threes too. He's just constantly getting destroyed. That's basically what his playing style is. And he's shooting close to 40 from three. I would give him regular playing time so he could get a rhythm and see if you can get another shooter out there. Because there are only two guys on the roster who have a three-point, who are regularly in the rotation, who have a three-point percentage above league average, are Bertans and Neto, and that's it. You know, Beal's three-point numbers are down. And obviously, Beal is a guy who everyone's going to guard on the perimeter. Uh, But in terms of just hitting shots, they need someone who can just hit shots. And Matthews is money from the corners. And and he moves. And he's he's a defender who makes an impact. He can get some steals. He can bother guys on screens. He cares. He plays hard. Uh, You know, I I would be giving him minutes. I you know I'd be giving him minutes over Hutchison. Uh, That all being said. Matthews hasn't really helped his cause. I mean, he's been good the last two games when he's gotten an opportunity now, but he was really, really slumping for about three weeks. And we can chicken or egg whether that slump happened because he didn't have a consistent rhythm because he wasn't getting playing time or if, uh, you know, he wasn't getting playing time because he was he was slumping. But the reality is he wasn't making shots at all for about three weeks and his job first and foremost is to make shots and they're kind of defending better even without his presence now which makes the defense and the defensive intensity not as important as I would have said it was when they were you know the 27th ranked defense in the league uh so I think you know that Matthews puts more pressure on that decision when he's hitting 40 percent of his threes which he's been good the last two games, and and I bet with the way that Scott Brooks tend to rotate, it tends to rotate guys in and out that he'll play in that Indiana game because he's been good the last two games. But but that's that's kind of my 
analysis of the situation. Eric, do you have uh, do you have significant Garrison Matthews thoughts? I have significant, I guess, like Scott Brooks, kind of like Billy Donovan, General, those kind of guys' thoughts. They are they do have kind of a sense of loyalty to players, and you know they 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 typically like stick with guys for a certain period of time, and you know it would be nice to see him like kind of go back into the you know, the Garrett Matthews kind of trust circle that he had going on like prior to whatever happened or whatever different form he's had. Like Scott Brooks loves Ish Smith. He will play Ish Smith until the wheels fall off, no matter where he is. He loves that guy. He trusts him. And like, but you're going to need guys like Garrett Matthews if you intend to win any kind of series or, or try to win any kind of series. And I think that the Wizards can get into a series. Um, like they stand as good a chance of anybody as you know going through the play in and, and playing well. So you know against the Pacers, once again the Pacers are a dumpster fire. Like if you want to get guys rolling, you want to get guys confident. You know, experiment a little bit, a little bit in that game. Play him extra minutes. Give him, give him some extra run. That's the game that you can afford to do that with. <laughs> hey, because there's certainly I don't think the Pacers really give a crap right now. And they quit on their coach and their and their coaching staff. So, you know, give Garrett Matthews some run. Like, get Daniel Gafford some extra touches or something like that. Like, like get those guys confident to where, when you need them, and however long the season is going to be from here until you get swept in the first round. Like, like, <laughs> like those are the guys that you know you need to get going because you know we, Beal and Westbrook are going to be there and you know it's funny we've gone this whole podcast and I know we're, we're coming toward the end but we haven't mentioned Rui Hachimura and I think he's worth mentioning at least for a minute because he's I think he's improved across the board this season um and and I think he's a guy that the that the Wizards can kind of feel like you know what this guy this guy's on track like he's not going to be a star but this is a guy that he is worth investing in you know, going forward. And and I think that they should feel really good about him uh, as a guy that they can, you know, they can play in multiple spots and in, in different kind of lineups, whether it's, it's like a, you know, a four or, or a little bit of three with Bertans out there. I think that Hachimura is a guy that they should, they should feel pretty cool about. Yeah. I think they should feel good about him. And, and, and let's be real, you know, it's what's interesting with what's progressed with Rui is as I'm watching Siakam drop 44 on them last night, I'm thinking like, man, you know, Rui is, was sick and he couldn't play non-COVID. And uh, and as Siakam drops 44 on them, I'm thinking like, man, they could have really used Rui tonight. And, you know, that's an improvement on Rui because there weren't many times as a rookie where you watched them defend and thought, man, they could really use Rui to help this defense tonight. That's a, that's a nice improvement. And he still has a lot of ways to come with his team defense and the off ball stuff and the rotational stuff and everything along those lines. Yeah. But, he's just a bigger, he's just a bigger body. Yeah, and one-on-one that, he's gotten three, four. Yeah. One-on-one he's gotten solid. He's gotten reliable one-on-one. He can, he can, getting guys' faces a little bit, and he can get driven by, but against a guy like Siakam, that's the kind of guy yeah. That's the kind of guy he can guard. That's the kind of guy he can make an impact on, and I, I, uh, I think he would have helped them last night. I think if Rui plays in that game, maybe it's not as close. Maybe it doesn't go to overtime. Maybe they end up winning in regulation because I don't know if Siakam goes for, has as easy of a time getting shots off if they have Rui there to make a little bit of an impact one-on-one. Uh, Eric, I know you are 
a behind the scenes guy now, but do you have anything to uh to plug that maybe you're working on with a writer or something before we before we wrap? I'm gonna plug the athletic in general. I don't really have anything in particular that we're working on. I'm more of like on the breaking news side right now. But we're doing some great work. You know, this week we had Shams and 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 Sam Amick come out with, with some with some great work on terms of the hot seat and the coaches and you know that's that's really where the, the Pacers stuff started getting percolating and, and you know, Terry Stotts being on the hot seat and I mean what else is new in Portland. But we've just got such a great group of writers, man. Like our NBA team is so strong and you know this just from collaborating with so many people. Um I'm I'm really proud of the work we've done on the NBA side this year. Um you know yourself, uh you know guys like Anthony Slater that we work with, Darnell Mayberry came out with a great piece for the Bulls this week about, you know, who stays, who goes in the off season. You know, even the teams that don't have the best records we have great writers covering those teams. So, you know, most of your listeners already know this, but please just check out all our NBA coverage, man, and subscribe because nobody else is doing it like us in the industry. We've got, we've got such devoted people working at this company and, and they know their teams inside and out and they're creative about it. And if you want to sign up for The Athletic, what a lead in. What a lead in to the closer. What a lead in. Because if you want to sign up for The Athletic, you can and you could do it for a special subscription rate of $3.99 a month if you just go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark and you can sign up there, like I said, for only $3.99 a month. And that doesn't just get you wizards coverage or NBA coverage or it gets you everything. It gets you full access to the site. It gets you MLB. It gets you NHL. It gets you WNBA. It gets you every single sport that you want to read about, every single article that we post from every single writer that we have. And it gets you this podcast along with all of our other podcasts ad-free if you want to listen to that on the website and uh, you don't want to hear me do advertisements. You can just go through and you can just listen to conversations about uh, apparently uh, – Russell Westbrook for 45 minutes and then you're good to go. You, you don't have to you don't have to listen to the random ads. So check out theathletic.com slash wizards after dark and you can sign up for $3.99 a month and you are good to go. Uh subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Tell your friends about Wizards After Dark. You can go on iTunes, you can give us five stars, you can leave a written review. That always helps. Uh I'll be back with another episode. Early next week, I'm assuming the next time I podcast, Westbrook will have tied Oscar's triple-double record. Maybe he will have broken it because they play again on Monday, and I might just podcast uh, Tuesday morning because that's usually when I have standing on. Whenever I'm back, I'll talk to you guys then. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.